sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Recently, the Savvy Psychologist email inbox received the following message from listener James. I have a fear of having or developing an illness, not necessarily dying, but the fear that maybe someday I will be diagnosed with a disabling illness. I spend a lot of time on WebMD researching illnesses that I'm convinced I have. Well, James, it sounds like you might be describing illness anxiety disorder. Welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Johnson. Every week on this show, I'll help you face life's challenges with evidence-based approaches, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Illness anxiety disorder, or IAD for short, may not be familiar to you, but here's a word which may be, hypochondriac. Hypochondriasis used to be a medical diagnosis, but has since been split into two new diagnoses, somatic symptom disorder and illness anxiety disorder. We will focus on the latter as it relates to James's question. So, what is illness anxiety disorder? According to the DSM-5, aka the Bible of Psychological Diagnoses, illness anxiety disorder is defined by the following symptoms. One, a preoccupation with having or developing a debilitating or life-threatening illness. Two, the patient doesn't actually have any physical symptoms, or if they do, they're mild. If a medical condition is present or the patient is high risk for developing a medical condition, their anxiety about it reaches epic proportions. Three, typically people with IAD are either care-seeking, that is, frequently performing health checks and going to the doctor, or care-avoidant. They avoid doctor's appointments entirely for fear of what they might learn. And in my experience, it's quite normal for people to go between being care-seeking and care-avoidant. Now, I want to speak more about what this might look like from your perspective. I'll start by reviewing nine thinking errors that might be associated with illness anxiety disorder. One, all-or-nothing thinking. This is seeing things in black and white categories, ignoring the shades of gray. For example, with IAD, you might think, I'm either healthy or I'm dying of an illness. And if the test isn't 100% accurate, what's the point? Two, negative filter. This is where you pick out a single negative detail and ignore everything else. For example, if your doctor said, your nausea is probably due to a stomach virus, you might start dwelling on the word probably 
and begin thinking about more deadly causes of nausea and ignore the doctor's main message that there's no cause for concern. Three, rejecting positive information. For example, if your doctor said, we've run the standard battery of tests and there are no indications of cancer, you might insist that the test is wrong. Similarly, you might discount non-lethal explanations of bodily complaints, such as assuming that your racing heart is a heart attack rather than a panic attack. Four, jumping to conclusions. Just because you have one cough does not mean you have COVID-19. Also, your headache is not necessarily a brain tumor. But these are the types of jumping to conclusions a person with IAD might make. Five, fortune telling. Assuming that your pessimistic expectations are true. For example, proclaiming that you know without a doubt you would die from COVID-19 if you got it. Six is catastrophizing. This is where you view minor ailments as having terrible consequences. For instance, assuming that random aches and pains of the body are always a sign of an underlying terminal illness. Seven, overgeneralization. This is where you take one example as proof for a general rule. What does this look like? For instance, you might think, I feel tired today. I must have MS. Eight, emotional reasoning. Treating your feelings as facts. For example, there must be something physically wrong with me because otherwise I wouldn't feel so anxious. Nine, intolerance of uncertainty. Refusing to accept that uncertainty is a part of everyday life. For example, you might think things like, doctors must rule out all possible diseases at all times, even if I just have a sniffle. Or, I must be completely certain that I'm 100% healthy every minute of the day. Keep in mind that there is a relationship between your thinking, emotions, behaviors, and physiological responses. Therefore, if you think in these ways, you will only increase your worry and your physical discomfort. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Individuals with IAD may label subtle bodily changes as pathological. What does that mean? Here's a common example. A person may have a headache and be convinced that they have a brain tumor as a result. The stress of this thought leads to heart palpitations and nausea and increases their panic. They go to the hospital and are turned away and told that they are having an anxiety reaction. They go home and schedule appointments with several other specialists. From this example, we can see how a subtle physical change, 
a headache, combined with maladaptive thinking, can lead to increased anxiety and the arrival of other symptoms. For instance, heart palpitations and nausea. If you have this disorder, it may be difficult to move forward without support. Psychotherapy is the primary form of treatment for IAD. Meanwhile, here are a few tips to help ease your illness anxiety. First, externalize your anxiety. Instead of telling yourself, I'm going to die, it might be helpful to instead say, my illness anxiety is being really loud today. Secondly, accept uncertainty. The goal is not to eliminate all anxiety, but to cope effectively with the anxiety that exists. There will always be a 0.0001% chance that you do have cancer, but spending 99% of your life engaging with that worry means that you aren't maximizing the good in your daily experiences. Next. Decrease compulsive behaviors. Limit the amount of time you spend on WebMD, scanning your body, going to the doctor each time you have a minor ailment, and continually looking to family or friends for reassurance. And lastly, examine cognitive distortions like the ones I talked about here today. Don't accept your inner monologue as fact. Whenever negative self-talk arises, make a list of the evidence for and against the diagnosis you're fixated on. You will find that in most cases, there is no substance to the worry. It's like clickbait in your brain. Naturally, some level of concern about your health and well-being is normal, but if it's Getting to a point in which the worry is worse than the physical symptoms, then it might be time to see a qualified mental health professional. The Savvy Psychologist is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Follow Savvy Psychologist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, you can email me at psychologist at quickanddirtytips.com. You can also leave me a message at 929-256-2191. Be sure to tell me if it's okay to use your voice on the show. That's all for this week's episode of Savvy Psychologist. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. 
It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches Podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches Podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.